There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in town at the branch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, retired from Manhattan North Homicide Squad, a 27-year veteran. And with me tonight is retired NYPD detective and straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. How you doing tonight, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy. How about you? I'm doing well. You know, I've been following a lot of the, um, how do you say, the content creators on YouTube, not watching their shows, but hearing some of the things that are coming out of it. And it bothers me that rumors are spread minus any evidence. Since, Phil, you and I, uh, we come from an investigative background, and we deal with evidence. We deal with what the evidence tells us. And so, so many of the things are just dealing with innuendo, rumor, and just out and out making shit up. And it really is disturbing, you know, because there is evidence in this case. and. Unfortunately, it's not all back yet, and it's not all back into the public domain yet, so that the public will understand what the police are looking at now and not establish all these conspiracy theories that also hurt the family. You know, uh, one of the, of course, the biggest break in this case is Adventures with Purpose, and who we can't say enough amazing things about. Those guys are sent from God, they're unbelievable. They do their job better than anyone else. And again, we do not mean to put the police down when we praise them. They just happen to be the very best in the business, you know, and they're better than the police who don't do this that often. Adventures with Purpose does this all the time. They have the best equipment. They know how to do this better than probably 95, 99% of all police departments. But again, we praise them, but, you know, people want to, with in the same sentence, praise them, put down the police. And I, I don't want to do that. I don't think that putting down the police is the proper uh, position to take at this point. I mean, Cap Captain Sam Brown in the press conference they did post finding the body, he actually praised adventures with purpose as well, indicating that their equipment was probably superior to the equipment that uh, whatever agency that went into that area to look for the body with the sonar. And again, as we stressed many, many times, these guys are using the equipment on a daily basis, a weekly basis, whatever it is. Uh, these type of rescues don't, uh, in rescue and recovery, don't happen in that area that often. So again, uh, they may know how to uh, play with the sonar a little bit. They're not as exact as uh, Adventures with Purpose. And I think that Captain Sam Brown made that very clear. He deferred to them. And uh, listen, they're they're a great volunteer agency. They're not a police agency. They're not a law enforcement agency. They're all volunteer. And uh, basically, they they the people, the members of this group found a calling to try and help uh, with missing people. And I've watched some of the episodes. They're just amazing how they found the vehicle that was submerged on the water for 30 years. There was another one recently that was seven years and in both cases, they recovered victims' remains. On the one that was 30 years old, 
the uh, victim that was in the vehicle, when they pulled the vehicle out of the water, all the remains just went to the bottom of the ocean floor and there was no remains found inside the vehicle. They went back six months later and found human remains, gave closure to the family. So we're not talking about Boy Scouts here. These are a reputable group of individuals that volunteer their time and we can't say enough about them. And again, uh, if this group worked in a police department, they'd probably be teaching every other police department across the country about uh, sonar uh, uh, technology for finding uh, you know, lost items. It doesn't even have to be a vehicle or a person. It could be a, a weapon that was used, a piece of evidence that was thrown into the water, which happens on a daily basis. So again, uh, like you said, Billy, we're not knocking the police. The police did the best they could do with the equipment that they had. It just so happens that Adventures with Purpose had more expertise in the field and better equipment. All right. Before I get into uh, particulars, I just want to give a synopsis on what we seasoned investigators. And again, guys who are folks in the chat and uh, folks listening worldwide realize we're not on the scene. We're not boots on the ground. So you can only get the feel and the touch and the taste of an investigation from a distance. But from my experience and from discussing this case with Phil, what we think happened is, and to put it, to synopsize it, we think this was a horrible accident. We think this was a horrible vehicle accident. I believe, uh, based on you know some of the information we have, that Kylie was probably uh, had been drinking, and she lost her way in a very very dark night. She could have made a left turn, or she could have went straight. Unfortunately, she went straight, and before she knew it, she was upon the reservoir, and it was too late to turn back. Too late to hit the brakes. It was too late. Absolutely. Bill, let me just make one quick point before we move into that part of, uh, of the episode that we're going to do tonight. You know, there's been this story, rumor, innuendo. It's, it's completely out of the realm of possibility. I would say 99.9% not true that the vehicle went into the water after the police searched it. Let's get that right up front. I will leave that one-tenth of 1% 1 doubt in there because anything's possible. However... Very, very extremely unlikely that that car went into the water after the police searched it. We have a lot of indicators that put us in the in the, in the opinion that, uh, you know, the phone, the cell phone was pinging and stopped pinging around 1233 uh, a.m. on the day that she was missing. That was around the time that she lost contact with everybody. The, the vehicle and the, uh, I mean, the phone was in the area. So let's just put that to rest. Let's get rid of that one. I wrote down a few of the ridiculous things, and I think we got to put that one to, to rest. PGP in 12 feet of water, she was found. So I wonder why the PD wasn't able to find a PGP. She was, well, according to my record, she was found in 14 feet of water. But the other thing is that the, the depth of the water changes day to day. So about three could have been feet, much, they said, Bill. Yeah, it could have been much deeper. And, you know, the fact that it was on its, on its uh, back made it much more difficult to spot. And we discussed how Adventures with Purpose are the very best at using the equipment, the sonar, the, the radar, the magnet, which apps, uh, actually they let down and found the piece of steel, which was the car. So they weren't just looking down and say, oh, there's the car. They did significant tests. So I just want to put that also, you know, diving, uh, and I am by no means an expert in diving, but from what I understand, the uh, consistency of the water and how you could see the uh, some days it's super murky, some days it's clear. 
So on the day that they searched and the day the police searched, it could have been much different. It could have been a hell of a lot murkier and you couldn't see the call. One other point, Billy, I wanted to make about that. We don't know that the vehicle was in the position that it was in or the location that it was in when Adventures with Purpose found it. It could have been, it could have, uh, with currents, it could have moved. It could have been behind uh, large amounts of seaweed. It could have been uh, obstructed by other things that are in that body of water. And again, Bill, you made a really, really great point. Even though they, on their sonar, were able to detect that there was some type of object in the water that wasn't uh, consistent with, let's say, the bottom of the of the lake or reservoir, whatever it was, uh, they did. They used a magnet. They instituted a magnet into the water, and when they saw that the magnet got caught onto some type of a steel object, they knew that they had something of metal in this area where they felt that there was an object. So again, it was a a process. It didn't just, you know, they didn't just spot it right away. There it is. Let's go get it. No, it was a little bit of a process. They had to dive. And then when they got up close, you, you, you showed the video on the last episode, Bill, where they uh, were able to, you know, get in and, and see that it was a vehicle and obviously the license plate number. And it was uh, Kylie's vehicle. One of the things I see a lot in the chat, and again, this is part of the forensic examination uh, of the vehicle. And I didn't want to watch Duty Ron's episode with Ed Wallace because I don't want to steal their ideas. I want my own ideas. Uh, but I, what I did find out is the FBI is going to go forensically through this car. But people keep asking, was the gear shift in neutral or drive? That is one thing that the uh, forensic examiners will definitely look at. Was the seatbelt on or off? Um, tire tracks. People keep asking about, wasn't there tire tracks on the dirt road? And they're disturbed if there were none, even though other vehicles could have driven over and rain could have displaced them. Um, where exactly was the body located when Adventures with Purpose recovered the vehicle? These are all questions that, of course, are very uh, they're important to everyone, but let's put it this way. They're important more to the people that are looking for reasons why this didn't happen uh, the way we are saying it happened. It was a vehicle accident. People are looking for reasons that they can make a conspiracy out of this. And can we explain how did she, if she was in fact wearing a seatbelt, how did she get out of the seatbelt and wind up in the rear of the car? Did she take the seatbelt off? Was there an air bubble in the back of the car that she removed the seatbelt and tried to get air? Or did she just slip out of the seatbelt when the car turned upside down? These are all things that someone a lot smarter than me that does this for a living is going to determine in this forensic examination. Billy, I think we should take those apart one by one. And I think the first thing that you brought up was, was the gear shifter in neutral drive, park, reverse, whatever. Now, again... We don't know what it was because we didn't examine the vehicle. However, if it's in drive and she drives in, she could have put it into reverse to try to get out of the water. She could have accidentally pushed it into park trying to get to that air bubble in the back. So there's a lot of different uh, scenarios that could have taken place. We won't know until the actual crime scene report is released and tells what was going on inside the vehicle. Were the keys in the ignition? There's a lot of different things. Someone uh, threw into the chat last time we were on that there was a brick on the on the accelerator. Obviously not true. That would have made it 
a much more mysterious and uh, obvious criminal investigation. I think uh, the posture, we talked about that the last time, the posture of the police was that they were going about this as a uh, a vehicle accident, accident investigation. So again, I think we should go through each one of these things and take them apart. Was the car in drive, neutral, park, reverse, whatever, and how did it get there? You know, there's a couple of different scenarios how, and I just laid them out, how it could be. If it, if it started out in drive, perhaps it was put into reverse to try and to get back out, or perhaps it was accidentally pushed into park. So we don't know the answers. We don't even know the position that it was in at this point. You know, so a lot of those things are very important, of course, and forensic examiners, and it's going to be the FBI, the FBI volunteered to be the lead agency in the examination of this vehicle. Very important, but till we have the answers, can we just make up answers? One of the most important things in determining whether how whether she was alive when she went into that water is the autopsy will show if she was alive that there will be water inside her lungs, that she took a breath and the water was in her lungs. That is a pa- part of the science of pathology that will determine whether or not the person was alive when they uh when they went into the water yes that's going to be uh an easy one to figure out when a uh, a person is eventually overcome in a drowning water goes into the lungs uh and they're unable to breathe obviously they go unconscious and they die so if you're already dead before you get placed into the water the likelihood of water getting into your lungs is almost zero Unless it's somehow another, uh, you know, your lungs are perforated or something like that to that extent. Or if the war, if the body is in the water for a really extended period of time, perhaps water might be able to get in there. Although I doubt it. Uh, I, I'm going to tell the truth. I did go on to duty Ron's show for a brief period of time today. And uh, uh, Detective uh, Wallace, Ed Wallace, did talk about uh, how the... Uh, the, the circulatory system, when it stops, uh, you know, when you stop breathing, that it won't be able to take in the, uh, instead of taking in oxygen, it'll take in water. Uh, so to, there would be water in the lungs. And I think he gave a real good explanation of it. And however, if your, if your respiratory system isn't working, uh, that you won't be able to get water into your lungs unless somehow it's forced into there. And again, uh, that's all going to be discovered at autopsy. And uh, as far as the positioning of the vehicle, I said this the last time we were on, it's really just a matter of physics and gravity. The vehicle goes into the water. The heaviest part of the vehicle is where the engine compartment is. That's in the front of the vehicle. So the vehicle is going to immediately lurch forward in the water. Once the vehicle starts to fill up with air, the air is going to be, again, course of gravity, is going to go towards the back of the vehicle. This is how, if she was already unconscious, or even if she wasn't, there was an air bubble, how she would have wound up in the back. If she was unconscious by overtaking of the water, perhaps the body could have floated to the back of the vehicle from the positioning of the vehicle. And then eventually when the vehicle is nosed down, very easy for the currents to just turn it over all the way and it lays on its roof of the vehicle. That happens more times than not uh, whenever a vehicle enters into a body of water. It's just a matter of physics and gravity. It's really not that hard to figure out. Phil, for our um, conspiracy theorists, explain why it's important to know that she was alive when the vehicle went into the water. Well, if she wasn't alive when the vehicle went into the water, then obviously we have foul play and now it's a, a, a criminal investigation as opposed to an accident. And uh, determination will be made by 
obviously the autopsy. I mean, they're going to look for things like if she was wearing a seatbelt, perhaps there could be bruising on her body from the seatbelt. When the vehicle hit the water, if it was at a higher rate of speed, there might be some bruising. Uh, they're going to look for whether or not the seatbelt was clipped in and perhaps the body uh, slipped out that it wasn't really snug and she was, she looked like she was a petite girl. Maybe she slipped out of it. So again, those are going to be very, very important things to look at. Um, you know, uh, they're going to obviously examine the body from head to toe. When they do an autopsy, they're going to x-ray the body. That's one of the first thing they're going to do. They're going to photograph the body and then they're going to x-ray the body. X-rays are going to tell if there's any obvious signs of trauma, whether it be broken, bro broken bones, or if there was, if this was a shooting incident, if there was, uh, any kind of a projectile inside the body, if there was stab wounds, x-rays can tell a lot if there's even a uh, uh, massive bleeding inside the body that would show up on x-ray as well. So those are the type of things they may all even uh, do a, a, an MRI to see what uh, positioning of the body. Uh, Phil, there, there are also very specific things that the body exhibits when the, when you drowned, when death is the cause of, uh, uh, when drowning is the cause of death. And uh, pathologists will know that right away. And in their report, they will indicate that and they will do a, a thorough, thorough uh, examination of the body, even for injuries prior to the accident. If it, in fact was an accident, if there's any prior marks, scars, bruising, uh, cuts on the body that could have occurred prior to this, to what we are saying is a vehicle accident. Right, Billy. And I guess uh, you're making a really great point because they could tell if uh, an injury or some type of trauma happens post-mortem, which means after death or anti-mortem, which would be before death. So those are the things that uh, the medical examiner who's doing the autopsy is going to be critical to look for things like that. And again, the first thing they're going to look for when a, a person's body is recovered from uh, a body of water is to see if there was water in the lungs. That's one of the first things I'll probably look at. And then the toxicology, that's going to be very important in this case too. I highlighted that. Right, so let's, let's, let's hold on to the toxicology a okay. little bit. I want to show this video and I want to thank Verna Kay for sending this. This is a, uh, a reenactment of the path that uh, Kylie may have taken that night. Now, as you could see, this this area there is not a single light anywhere. So at nighttime, it has to be so pitch dark that you cannot see a damn thing. I mean, not a single light. All you have is trees, and as she enters the dirt road, she gets on the dirt road. At some point, Kylie missed the left turn, which would have taken her home, and she went straight ahead, which took her. And Look her into the reservoir. This is the way out. Dark. You can only get where you could get lost, but it's pretty straightforward here. So that's where the party was. If you're ever driving and you are in an area where there is no lights, just if you have the safe opportunity, shut your headlights off and see how it's pitch black. You can't see your hand in front of your face. It's really, really. Right. With no light, you have no reference of what's straight, what's left, what's right. right. There's no reference whatsoever. Just 
That's another thing I'm sure is going to be looked at whether or not her headlights were operational. Also speed. How fast was she going when it was determined that she was in the wrong place and you know, how I'm long does like it take to stop? Uh, that's a scientific she's equation go uh, based on how fast you're going. It's, uh, really bumpy. Water. Let it me looks so nice up this video a little bit, but you can see she's getting closer and closer. Now you can see the water. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it's now, almost like right. Just imagine pool. this. Yeah, it looks like it's going a little bit downhill. Just imagine this at nighttime. And not only is there no lights in your general vicinity, there's no reference lights across the across the other side of the reservoir. So there's not, no reference. And what is anything illuminating this body of water? Is, is the moon out? Anything. I, uh, I don't, uh, Jenny Rose, yeah. <laughs> You picked that right out of my brain. There, there was a moonlight potentially, but would that light up the with the pitch darkness? Would that light up this body of water enough? Billy, there could also be a passing cloud at that very moment. And even if you are not intoxicated in any way, shape, or form, just look at that road. You're going on it on a decline. You're going down, and you know the headlights. I don't know how far out they would show. But if you're driving at a decent rate of speed and she thinks she's on the right road, but she's not, she could just go right into that water. This could be a 100% complete accident. This may not, uh, you know, alcohol may not have even played a part into this. I mean, we think that she may have been drinking, but okay, a three-quarter moon. I guess that uh, that kind of explains what the uh, what the position of the moon was. But again, suppose there was, we don't know if there wasn't a passing cloud. A, a, cloud could block it out we don't know what the sky was and again even with some moonlight it's still difficult to navigate through that road oregon outback thank you for that information there was a three-quarter moon that night five to six nights away from full i don't want to ignore any of the things you're saying in the chat but we're going through a lot of information so when, when i see something that's uh um really apropos angela gallagher says was the moon behind the trees look difficult to say what was her point what was her how was she looking? What was her her view uh, when she was when she first saw the water? Was 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 her was her view obstructed? Was it not obstructed? Uh, Verna K uh, just did the drive last night. It was pitch black. That's Verna K, busy mom of seven. She sent me this video. And Verna K, if you could say in the um, in the chat, was it possible to see this body of water? And how far away were you when you could first see it? If you could see it at all. Billy, I just want to make a quote about uh, one of the um, chats. Uh, Queen Nessie, you are assuming she was driving. Are you not? Yes. She was found alone in the vehicle. It doesn't appear that anybody else was in the vehicle with her. And yes, I'm assuming that she was driving. If she was already uh, deceased when she got into that vehicle or was put into that vehicle and put into the body of water. This would be handled as a homicide investigation or a criminal investigation. It's being handled as an accident. So I'm very safe to assume that, that yes, I believe she was driving that vehicle. Phil, you know something, I want to say that this is more than an assumption. You know, we all say that, you know, when you assume you make an ass of you and me, yes, this is, there's more science to this than just an assumption. All right. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very educated uh, guess, I guess you could call it, but it's it's the position that I think is most likely, and we're using logic, we're using experience, and 
again, she was found alone in the car. If there was someone else in the car, then it's possible that she wasn't driving, but she was found alone and there was no indication anybody else was near that vehicle when it went into the water other than her. All right, let me get back to this. All right, there's some... Uh... spots people made fires and stuff on the uh, in the channel across the screen right now verna k who who uh, produced this video you're watching when you're driving down there when you get to the end the dust blows in front of you from your tires and obscures it too so obscures your vision also Another thank you verna that. k for That's that a information very point <laughs> You know, there's a lot of questions about why are there no tire tracks? I think this this um, video speaks for itself. You can see the dust kicking up, right? You can see the wind blowing the dust. And if another car drives over those tire tracks, there goes the tire tracks. They're gone. So all of those questions about where were the tire tracks if she drove into the water? Oh, uh, Justice J uh, Janney, great. Thank you so much for this. 2012 to 2019 have the Honda black boxes just like planes. They will be able to see electrical data on the car. Speed, was it in gear, key in ignition, cylinder, and et cetera. Justice Janney, thank you so much for, for that information. I would have no idea about that. I don't know if maybe you work for Honda, but thank you for that information. Verna K, I found this and I've done the, the drive a few times. And last night in the dark, it was so, so different. You couldn't even see the trees next to the road. Of Guys, there you go. For all the people that are conspiracy theorists that said, oh, she would have seen the water. She wouldn't have been there. She would have stopped. The, you know, there you go. She's telling us. And she knew where the reservoir was. And she's saying, she, uh, Verna K, thank you again. She couldn't see the trees. So all the folks that are, uh, are spreading these conspiracies that something untold happened, we're just presenting the case that this looks like it was a vehicle accident. That's Billy, one other thing. It, uh, the picture you have right there, you do see in the bottom of that square, you see a tire track. However, when this vehicle went missing, they may not have gotten to the area to search it, the police I'm talking about on the initial search, until a day or two after, when once they figured out that she was in this area or she was missing. So again, this area seems to be well-traveled. Like you said, Billy, somebody else could have drove over the tracks. People could have been walking around there or going into that body of water, launching boats and stuff. So it's very easily for tracks that have been missed. Verna K, not even remotely. I filmed from right next to the water and you can't see it at all. I hope that satisfies a lot of people that are um, 
and then you add you, that, you, you, know? in the, you add the component of possibly being intoxicated or perhaps even uh, some type of narcotics or drugs. And again, you're disoriented. It's late at night. You could be tired. There's so many components to this thing that it's very easy to leave, very easy to have driven right into that water. Mountain Kayaker, thank you very much for the 499 super chat. Uh, very much appreciated. I camp at Prosser. It's pitch black there at night. Uh, Justice Janney again. Uh, when in trouble, scream fire. People come a running. If you scream help, people will stop and think if they want to get involved or not. Well, that's uh, you know the first thing we were taught as um, as police officers was when you needed help to scream the location you were at because it was no good to scream over the radio. 1013, 1013, which is the NYPD uh, emergency signal, 1013. What you would scream is 105th and Broadway, 105th and Broadway, 105th. and then everyone would come there and you'd get help. So it's funny how you have different, uh, different things in different professions. Uh, Billy, so, so I got a comment about one of the, uh, chat, one of the uh, comments in the chat. Let's see. It's, uh, it says that the, the car wasn't, uh, the, I'm sorry, the cell phone wasn't found in the car. Jay Natal, if her mobile phone wasn't found in her car, does that mean a window opened for it to fall out into the water? We don't know. That hasn't been reported whether or not her cell phone was found. I, they're saying, the, the, uh, Jay Natal is saying if her mobile phone wasn't found. We don't know if it was found or wasn't found. That really hasn't been released yet. Yeah, I haven't heard that from any official source. I'm thinking that, it was in the car. That's my opinion at this point because nobody said it wasn't, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. It hasn't been really uh, reported on as of yet. Where the head is her memorial? I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm just going to get closer to the water now. There's a little memorial right there. I mean, it seems like the, uh, the it drops off rather rapidly, too, the depth of the water. Yeah, that's water. one of the things that, that I would think would have, uh, you know, uh, uh, facilitated the vehicle so quickly to get into the water deep and her not be able to get out is that it, there is a quick drop off. Okay, let's get this uh, come to the end. And Verna Kay, again, I want to thank you for uh, sending me this video. It's been very helpful. Uh, I've seen it on other play, other people using it on YouTube, actually. So, but uh, thank you very much. Okay, we can remove this. So pretty amazing. I think that um, that shows a lot. It shows a great deal of uh, of it answers a great deal of the questions um, that people have or people are. A sort of making up things that didn't uh, didn't in fact occur, you know. And I think it's important to look at that. And one of the things I want to say, and um, so so important. And this is where a lot of the content creators on YouTube and a lot of people that aren't professional investigators is something called the results of interviews. And the police have interviewed over three clo close to four hundred juveniles that were at this party, I am sure, I will bet that they know for sure they have people that saw her get in her car and saw her drive away. I would bet that that's, that happened. So 
90% of the conspiracy theorists would go away if they have witnesses that says, yes, she looked like she was drinking. And if that's the case, she got in a car and she drove away. I, I'm sure when you interview three or 400 people, someone saw that. Bill, I want to make a point about interviewing uh, anyone, whether it be someone of a, a juvenile age or a, a person in their 60s. Uh, a situation like this, I start interviewing people that were there and they come into the room and they're going to say, well, I know that she did this. Well, how do you know that? Did you see it? No, no, I didn't see it. So and so. No, no, no. I'm not asking you what someone told you. This is how investigators get facts and they determine and they drill down on specific elements of an investigation or what the actual story is. So I'm not asking you what someone told you. I'm not asking you what you think. I'm asking you what you saw with your own two eyes. Did you see Kylie get into that car and drive away? And was she alone? And if that person now can stop for a second, recapture their thoughts and say, no, I didn't, I did see that, or I didn't see that. That's really what it comes down to. And Again, with cases like this, the rumors are flying. The rumor mill is really pumping out some doozies on this case, but we need hard facts. And that's what the investigators, like you said, Billy, they've identified 400 people and they're going to interview every one of those 400 people. And they're not going to say, well, what do you do here? What do you know? What do you think? No. What did you see? What do you know for fact? And if someone said, they told them that then they're going to go interview that person to find out, well, is it true with that person say, or did somebody tell them that? So again, that's part of uh, investigation. Uh, it's really a lot of legwork that has to be done, but it, it's going to be done. And I'm sure they'll get to the bottom of it. Schmidt, thank you very much for, for the $5 super chat. I wish there was a signage showing arrows that exit to the nearest and road back to land or signage already placed showing a hazard ahead. Maybe there was. That's a good, good point. point. I, it doesn't, from what we saw on that video, we didn't see any of that. Uh, Jenny Rose, uh, the accident story won't stick. Well, Jenny, it's not a story. It's going to be proven scientifically, and the investigation is not over. But so far, from my uh, perspective and from my experience, what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a really good chance that this was a vehicle accident. You don't have to believe it, you know, and, and I know um, – there's a lot of people out there that don't believe it, but I think the science and the investigation once complete will uh, come to that determination. Karen Broderick, thank you for the super chat. This case is so sad. She was so young. Rest in peace, Kylie. Absolutely. Folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you like podcasts from a police perspective, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. If you want to become part of our uh Patreon. We have a Patreon with three different levels. And we also have a YouTube channel that all uh, memberships. We have five different levels. And if you want to uh, contribute to this podcast because you believe in us, you can either go on our Patreon or on our YouTube. I, I mean, I think this case is, uh, it's sad. It's a very sad case. Um, could have been prevented. I think that um, this poor girl, 16 years old, I mean, she was getting ready to go to college, out of high school early. Yes. Graduated at 16. She must have been really smart to do that, you know. Um, so, yeah, we were what, getting back to the results of the interviews. Interview and interrogation is one of the most important things in investigation. And I say on our podcast all the time, investigation is an art and it's a science. All right. Part of the art of investigation is interview and interrogation. 
And the science, I'll give it to you right away, was that that woman that just told us the Hondas from certain years have a black box. There's a science that is brilliant. It's going to tell us, was the car in drive? Was it in neutral? What, what was the speed? I mean, that's brilliant. That's part of this science. So all of those things, and again, if we go to the autopsy, that's part of the science. Was there water in her lungs? That is part of the science. So you meld, you put together the art and the science, and you, you get the truth. Billy, you're pointing out all the things that I was thinking because of that last comment where the young lady said she didn't think the accident story was going to fly. But it's not a story like you said. Once the autopsy is done and they can conclusively say, well, she did die of drowning. There was water in the lungs. And I'm just, you know, guessing here because I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty certain that that's what's going to happen. And then they're going to look at the body to examine it for any signs of trauma. If there's no signs of trauma, she had signs of drowning. If there is a high level of alcohol in her system, we're going to put all of these components together. We're going to be able to draw a very, very strong conclusion that this was an accident. Uh, that's the posture that they're taking now. However, on the outside chance that when they do the autopsy, that they find that she was unconscious before she went in the water. It's a completely different investigation. It goes into a different direction, 100%. But I think- And, Phil, right, and that's the science. That's the science that will tell us things that innuendo, rumor, and making stuff up will not. The science will tell us. And you're right. You hit it on the head. Absolutely. And then don't forget, too, we talked about the cell phone location. It was pinging up into- till a certain point there's going to be text messages that took place before or conversations who did she call investigators are going to be able to say all right she made a call at 12 28 let's say and they're going to go interview whoever it was that, they, that she spoke to and they're going to say what did you guys talk about so that's going to give a picture of her mental state let's say or what was going on in her life right before the accident was she rushing home because she told her mother she was going to be home, got disoriented and wound up in the water? There's a lot of different things that are going to be looked at. And that's why they're going to be able to conclude at the end of this investigation that they believe it to be an accident. And again, there's always that possibility. Anything could be. However, I think it's very unlikely at this point that there was any foul play in this case. This looks like and appears to be, it smells like it, it looks like from my experience as an investigator, as a horrible accident. Vehicle last night. Uh, we have located a decedent inside the vehicle. Uh, we believe it is our missing person. Uh, we have not been able to positively identify, uh, but it's more than likely where we are today. And we wanted to make sure that, that the family had all that information <clears throat> first. The last thing we want to do is have them learn information. Uh, See, the police won't positively identify because the only way they can make a real positive identification is DNA, odontology, uh, a, a specific tattoo that was, you know, so specific that the clothes she's wearing. But none of those things minus DNA or maybe odontology is going to. So they obviously waited till the pathologist said, no, that's. That is her. She's positively ID'd. But they were very careful not to. That, that was the smart position to take, though, Billy. That's the right thing because they don't know 100%. Maybe the clothing, the description, it all appears to be hard. But that was the. I, I think they did a terrific job in communicating through the media with this case. I think they really did. I think they did, yep. Outside of our team, uh, 
so I think I think that is one of the the points that I really want to make sure that our communities know and and the and the folks uh, that are that are watching today know is truly how committed we've been throughout these last uh, few weeks in in coming to this resolution. It's still an active investigation, and, and I understand there will be and that we will continue to receive lots of questions uh, regarding our investigation, and we will release what we can. Um, but at this time. Uh, our commitment is to this family, and uh, that that is where we will consistently uh, reach for making decisions on what we release. Uh, and it, again, it is still an, a very active investigation. So I, again, I appreciate everyone uh, being here, getting this information out. It is the, the reason why we're here is because of the community support and the amount of work that was put into this investigation to where we could clearly identify very specific areas to search. Uh, the Adventures with Purpose uh, folks did a, a just a fantastic job at being able to, to locate the, the vehicle as, as quickly as they did, based on, again, uh, a lot of heavy lifting that, that the, the folks behind me uh, have done throughout the last couple of weeks. Um, I can confirm that our department is conducting a fatality traffic collision investigation. We're harnessing all of our resources, working with all of our partners here. Um, as you see, we're utilizing our MATE team, our multidisciplinary accident investigation team to harness more data from the vehicle that was recovered. Also, we've utilized all of our air resources to map and video and take photographs of the area in question. And that's currently ongoing. So I, I can't comment on the nature and details of that investigation, but I certainly appreciate all the partnership that we have here with our local county and state partners. And We'll continue to assist in any overarching way that we can as an agency. Bill, can I answer a question in the chat real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Marilyn Moneta says, can I ask you a question? If there's no water in her lungs, does that mean she died before she went into the water? That means 100% she was not breathing before she went into that water. Was she dead? Questionable. Was she breathing? No. She could not have been breathing before she went in that water. If the autopsy reveals there's no water in her lung, very high probability she was dead before she went into the water if there's no water in her lung. The lungs were not working. There would not. There would be water in the lungs if they were working, if she was conscious, if she went into that water. So I think, Marilyn, the answer to that question would be no. If, if she went into that water uh, and she was already dead, yes, there would be no water in her lungs. Mountain Kayaker, thank you for the $4.99 Super Chat. We have a lot of mountain lakes like this where you can park near the shore. You have to be careful. Well, especially in a pitch dark place like that, London Girl, until more facts have been uh, released by the police, there's not much more that can be discussed on this. Well, as we were just discussing, you really need the science to come back, the science right. of the investigation, because that's what's the most important. Carolyn Graves, if she was that drunk and disoriented enough to drive into a lake, how was she able to navigate her way down there without running off the road or hitting something on the way? Well, Carolyn, what we had said before is there were there was two ways out. One was, well, wasn't a way out, was to one was direct the, the reservoir, which is what she yeah. did. The other one was to make a left turn, and that was where she needed to go. She missed that turn. I mean, I can't explain to you how disoriented she could have been from being intoxicated, and people that are intoxicated do amazing things as far as driving sometimes. So I can't really refute your statement, but just, just take it from me. I've seen people drive 
that shouldn't even have been walking, you know? So it's, uh, it's hard to, to refute your, uh, your statement there. There's, I, there's people that get behind the wheel of a car, drive great distances and have absolutely no recollection of it. So it's quite possible to get onto a road dark late at night. And I'm not saying that she was drunk cause I don't know for certain. Apparently she was drinking. I don't know if she was drunk, but it's very easy to get disoriented without being drunk. So with you, you add that component and we don't know if there was anything else, any other narcotic uh, ingestion, so again, you put all those components together, very easy. Like Bill just said, the road that she went down led right to the water. There was almost like a Y, like a fork in the road where she had gone left. She would have been out onto a road or more of a main road. However, she wound up down that road into the reservoir. With what they're sharing about that experience. Roe. Well, Nikki and Eric, these are a bunch of humble and hardworking guys. We had the privilege of going out with them on Saturday as they search Donner Lake and surrounding ponds looking for Kylie. They say what sets them apart from other dive teams is their ability to read sonar. It's something that is not taught in police academies, and they are self-taught. They do this day in and day out. It's enabled them to help more than two dozen families get answers about their loved ones just in the two years that they've been doing this. This could potentially be what we're looking for. Diver Nick Wren recounts the moment yesterday when he found what's believed to be the silver CRV of 16-year-old Kylie Rodney and remains inside also believed to be her. The recent Truckee High School graduate went missing after attending a party at the Prosser campgrounds on August 6th. Based in Oregon, the Adventures with Purpose search and recovery team scoured Prosser Lake on Sunday, putting these two small and narrow boats equipped with sonar in the water. After just about 35 minutes in the water, Nick made that fateful discovery. It's an emotional moment for sure, um, especially, you know, when I first dropped down, the first thing I saw was the vehicle upside down and I was already located towards the rear of the vehicle. And so I looked at the license plate could tell right away this was the vehicle that we were looking for. So the next step at that point in my mind is you have to mentally prepare yourself as you're doing the vehicle assessment to, um, you know, for what you may see. And so um, at that point, you just have to kind of block that out and just say, hey, there's a task at hand that I have to do and I need to do it. Nick was able to identify it was her vehicle and that there were human remains within the vehicle. From there, they notified the family and law enforcement. We notified family and, and dad and grandpa were there less than two minutes. It was tough. It was a very, very tough, very tough moment. You know, I myself have a 16 year old and he is, uh, he, he knows his 16 year old daughter is not coming home. We went along with the adventures with purpose on Saturday as they searched Donner Lake and surrounding areas for Kylie. Multiple dive teams have searched Prosser Reservoir unsuccessfully for days. We're really good at what we do. Yeah. It's really rare. Uh, there aren't many that have the skill set that we do. And I knew for a fact, if, if she was indeed underwater, we would find her 100%. To date, they've solved 24 cases since 2019. The team operates on a shoestring budget, able to search across the country at the request of dozens of families looking for missing loved ones. It's unclear who, if anyone, will receive the $75,000 reward, which was offered for information to help find Kylie. 
we're not reward hunters. We're not in this to, we're volunteers. Uh, you know, if, if a ward is given to us, we will honor it, but we are in no way going to per, pursue it. We don't want to be perceived that way, nor will we ever, you know, um, could it be used? Absolutely. Um, you know, what we do, it, we do it on a shoestring budget, you know, uh, something like that could help us help a lot of families. Now, if you could believe these guys do it all for free, there is no charge to families, no charge to law enforcement. They simply ask that you follow them on their YouTube channel and subscribe. It is free and they have millions of followers. Now, they will take the next couple of days off to decompress before they start their next two cases that will bring them to Selma and San Luis Obispo. Reporting live from downtown Truckee tonight, Rowena Sh you know, I, there's still I, uh, Duty Ron. Thank you so much. Duty Ron is in the chat. Thank you, Sergeant Good Bill man, and Detective Duty Phil, Ron. for your coverage. Ed Wallace made me mention on our show earlier about the water in the lungs. We must wait for the complete report if made available. Thank you, Duty Ron. We had spoken about that. And one of the things I just want to say to the folks in the chat that still think that this was foul play and this is conspiracy theory, then just wait for the science to come back. All right. We can't convince you. Uh, and do we know 100%? No, but. We're ready to wait for the science to come back. Other people have asked us, uh, in addition, will this information be made public? Because she is a juvenile and the parents may not want it public. And I believe that because um, she has died and basically you have no, legally, you have no expectation of privacy once you are dead. I believe the medical examiner uh, and the police can release this information without permission from anybody. And if they don't, the press will file what's called a freedom of information law request and basically force them to release it. And that's why some of you folks in the chat are asking, oh, will they release this information? And I, I, and I believe the information will be released. Phil, what do you think? Uh, yes, I agree with you, Billy. I think there's uh, if if a person is dead, a person dies of uh, suspicious circumstances or an accident, that becomes public information, and I think it will be released. Um, everyone is entitled to their, their opinion. However, enough information has been put forward in this case for Bill and I as professionals to form a professional opinion. And the way we see it is it, it's going to wind up being an accident. Obviously, we could be wrong. We don't know everything. We don't have the case folder in front of us. However, I think there's enough put forward so far to come to that conclusion that we think it was a, uh, a horrible accident. Bill, as I told you before, I have to do an abbreviated show. I have uh, another engagement that I have to get to. So I'm going to have to cut it short right here. Um, well, Phil, thank you for your opinion. And I think the folks uh, enjoyed your um your talk on this and from your experience. And I think you came up with some great points. And, you know, the, the, the one thing that is, is a slam dunk piece of science is the water in the lungs. And that's from the pathologist. That's part of the autopsy. And when that comes back, that will show that she was alive uh, when she drove into that lake of uh, the reservoir. And that'll, that'll say a lot. I think that'll silence, not that it's important that people want to, make up stuff and the conspiracy theories. I think that'll put a lot of the conspiracy theories to rest. 
Yeah, of course. That, along with other things, whether or not there was any trauma to the body and different things like that, and positioning the interior of the vehicle, there's going to be so much that they're going to look at that they're going to be able to formulate this, uh, you know, uh, what events took place, uh, you know, leading up to the time when this woman lost her life, this young girl. And again, condolences to the family. Stay safe, everybody. I'm going to have to sign off. Like I said, I have another engagement. Bill and I are going to stay plugged into this. Billy, you're doing a great job. Continue on. And I will talk to you soon, my pal. Okay, Phil. Folks, you know, one of the, the biggest things again, and I, I again, I, I feel like I almost ad nauseum is the, um, the art and the science of investigation. We have no reason to make things up or to push forward a conspiracy theory. We're putting the evidence together and coming up with an educated guess, a hypothesis. We all learned what a hypothesis was in school. And I, I, the woman who gave me the information in the chat, I, I, I don't have her, her name in front of me right now, about the Honda and that the Honda uh, of those years, which the 2013 was one of those years, has a black box and tells us all kinds of things. I mean, that is like a slam dunk. I mean, that is so, so important. And there's a piece of science that, you know, I would have liked to have known about. And I'm sure the FBI in doing the forensic examination on this car will be pulling the black box just as in an aviation accident, they're pulling the box from the airplane. This is, this is um, just amazing. Folks, I want to thank everyone, especially you guys that came in from Duty Ron's channel. I want to thank you for giving us a try, for stopping by today. Uh, it's really important to us. And, um, you know, if you again, if you like things from a police perspective, that's where we come from. Verna uh, K, busy mom of seven, I turned the wrong way sober. So that's a possibility. And Verna, I want to thank you so much for um, giving me that video. I think it gave everyone a picture of what that road was like, and it gave everyone an idea. I mean, I think we've all driven a car in areas where there's no lights, and even stone cold sober. It gets a little crazy. You got to go slower, and you got to really watch where you're going. A, a turn comes upon you so quickly, and if you're not ready for it, you know, not knowing the area, believe me, it's uh, Sean Pellegrino. I follow the green in your own wood. I agree with you. Some of these foul play theories are almost as bad as Ryan Upchurch's new theory about Kylie never existing. You know, I, I see that that guy, I don't know Ryan Upchurch. I see he's got a very, very popular podcast, but I think that that statement is, is ridiculous. You know, it really is ridiculous. So, um, you know, we try to again, give you, um, give you true information, give you the science, follow the science, follow, uh, and wait, you know, interview and interrogation is an, is an art form. And let's wait for the results of these interviews. The police are interviewing four or 500 kids. They're going to come up with people that witnessed her getting in the car, people that were talking with her, go, going through her cell phone. They'll see who she was text messaging before this occurred. Who was she talking to? They'll interview those people. This, it, you know, police work didn't start yesterday, you know. So they'll complete all of these investigative, uh, all these investigative details, and they'll come. They'll come up with the. Uh, they'll come up with the right answer. And um, folks, if you're looking for an attorney in the New York area, Joe Murray is your man. 
Joe Murray is a retired member of the NYPD, and he's an outstanding defense attorney. If you're looking for an attorney in the New York City area, you can call Joe at, on his cell at 718-514-3855, or you can email him at joe at jmurray-law.com. His website is jmurray-law.com, an outstanding attorney. You know, folks, um, I hope that more of you folks are um, okie-dokie seven. New driver, new drinker in a hurry to get home, all those dirt roads around the lake leaning right into the water, disaster waiting to happen. She did 200 to 300 yards. That is under 1,000 feet. Uh, Teresita Hills. Phil, I did exactly that. Drove 30 miles on winding roads. Woke up at home the next morning with two flat tires. Didn't have a clue. So there's someone who is answering some of the questions before that she drove under the influence and had no idea how she got home. But when she got home, she had two flat tires. Uh, Angela Wilcox, it may not have been as hard as that. Cars were parked in big clearing near the sand, I've heard. Uh, Phoebe Beach, strange that there was a mass exodus at 1230, but she didn't follow all the other cars exiting. You know, we'll find out. We'll get, we'll get the truth. We will definitely get the truth as to what occurred that night. Uh, I don't know if I, Wollstone Holmes, 1965. I'll read this, but I, I don't agree with it. Adventures with Purpose said, hi, Ted, that something heavy will come out of this. There was no accident and they knew it. Well, I don't think Adventures with Purpose, they're sort of out of their lane if they did make a statement like that. Uh, After all, I wonder if she's done this drunk driving before at this park. Well, I don't think we can know that. Uh, sounding six, it would only make sense to me if it were foggy that night, which it wasn't. Maybe she was tripping and not perceiving things correctly. Well, I think we just did a demonstration on how dark it actually was that night. And um, Frisco Chick, this teens have been raised using trees, stumps, clings, rocks as landmarks their whole life. I doubt she made said mistake into water. Well, we'll have to wait for the science to come back. And uh, I believe when it comes back, it'll prove that this, uh, this incident was, in fact, a, a, a vehicle accident. Um, and it's a shame. Um, yeah, duty, Ron. Thank you, Sergeant Bill, Detective Phil, for your coverage. You know, we have to wait for the complete investigation to be completed to really make an ex, uh, educated uh, guess as to what occurred in this incident. But folks, I respect all your opinions. I'm not saying that couldn't be, or I don't respect you. I respect your opinions, but some of them, I mean, when you talk of someone who's a, a content creator saying that this incident, in fact, never happened, I mean, that Kylie didn't exist, that's, that's, beyond, uh, that's beyond not even funny, you know? It's, it's a little bit, I have to say it's crazy. Um, folks, again, thank you so much for coming by tonight. All you folks that are from Duty Ron's channel, uh, we thank you very much for coming by. Duty Ron, thank you for all you do and for helping us out. Uh, guys, God bless and say a prayer for the Rodney family. Uh, this has got to be one of the most or the most horrendous thing that's ever occurred to them in their life. Have a great night, everyone. One episode. Just ain't enough